Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Girlfriend's Guide to Sports podcast. My name is Claire Coles, and this is your weekly update. It's Tuesday, September 5th. Let's start with what you missed over the last week, then we'll move on to what to watch this upcoming week in the world of sports. Okay, so obviously we started on a Tuesday this week. That is because it was Labor Day, y'all. So I hope you had a wonderful three-day weekend. And again, it is September 5th, so which means it is the first week of the month. So this month in coming up in the world of sports, really not a whole lot, guys. Um, NFL kickoff is this Thursday, September 7th. The Solheim Cup starts September 22nd and runs through the 24th. And then the Ryder Cup starts September 29th through October 1st. Both the Solheim Cup and the Ryder Cup are both United States versus European golf events. So the Solheim is women's and the Ryder Cup is men's. And that's it. So not a lot going on this month besides the fact that we've already got stuff rolling. So let's start as we always do with MLB baseball. And like I said, this week, it's a little bit lighter on this week's updates. And actually, we had more headlines. So this week's updates, Yankees uh, Yankees star Aaron Judge finally ends his zero for 17 slide at bat with his 249th home run to aid the Yanks win over the Tigers on Monday. Brewers won their eighth straight, beating the Cubs 6-2. to two. They would lose the next two games, though, so that streak would end. The Rangers are, tie- are trying to turn things around with their second and third win in just 11 games over the Mets Monday and Tuesday. The Phillies had five home runs, including Harper's number 299 in their win over the Angels 12-7. to Harper then hit his 300th in their game on Wednesday, but the Phillies dropped that W 8-10. to The Yankees then won three in a row over the Tigers. That was their first consecutive win in four weeks. They also then won that series, which ends their 10-series winless streak. So Yankees really trying to turn it around here. Cardinals catcher Constereas home run twice in their game against the Padres to win in 10 innings by one. Dodgers right fielder Betts hit his 36th home run of the season in their route over the Diamondbacks. Braves D.H. Azuna got his 30th of the season, adding to the 15 hits for their run over the Rockies. Then the Astros swept the Red Sox at Fenway. This is the first time that has happened all season long. The Guardians won 5-2 to two after a three-run home run in the 10th over the Twins. So even though we went to extra innings, they ended up winning by more than just one. Kind of unusual there. The Mariners won 21 games in August, including their 5-4 to four win over the A's on the 30th. The Marlins beat the Nationals in 11 on Friday to start September. The Pirates also needed 10 innings to put away the Cardinals as they extended their win streak to four games. The Guardians had a two-run 11th inning to take their W over the Rays, upsetting the second-place team in the American League. The Braves almost, almost had the sweep beating the Dodgers three times, but dropped the final game to the top National League in the top National League matchup. So it was the Braves versus the Dodgers for the top of National League. The Rangers may have started strong this week, but still finished with four losses, dropping two to the Twins and ending 
with a loss to the Astros, 6-13. to That Texas matchup is a top matchup in the league. And then the Royals not only upset the White Sox, but they destroyed them, winning on Labor Day weekend Monday 12-1. to But that was not the craziest score yesterday on Monday. The Twins put up 20 runs against the Guardians, winning by 14. That was helped along by rookie third baseman Royce Lewis, who hit his third Grand Slam in just eight games. So moving along to kind of other other news things that happened in baseball this week is Astros second baseman Altuve completed his first cycle in his career with a two-run home run to put away the Red Sox 13-5 to on Monday. So that was a strong start to the week for the Houston team. He is the first Astro to complete the cycle since 2013. He actually struck out to start in the first, doubled in the third, singled in the fifth, tripled in the sixth, and then obviously ended with that two-run homer in the eighth. Again, so a hashtag girlfriend hint here is a full cycle is when you get a single, double, and triple, and a home run all in the same game. Brave star Acuna Jr. had a eventful week this week. On Monday, like last Monday, two Rockies fans ran onto the field and actually made contact with him. They have both been charged with misdemeanor charges of trespassing and disturbing the peace. Then despite that, Acuna still had a good night, tying his career-high four hits and five RBIs. Then on Thursday, get ready for this day, y'all. On Thursday, he got married in the morning, then hit a grand slam against the Dodgers, winning eight to seven. His grand slam broke the initial tie of the game when it was 1-1 in the second inning, and that home run makes him the first 30-60 player in a single season. That is 30 home runs and 60 stolen bases all in a single season. The couple already has two sons together, and yes, of course, will be postponing their honeymoon until after the postseason. Acuna then home run three straight games in a row and tax on another stolen base by the end of Labor Day weekend. Then kind of on the flip side of that, we got some bad news. The Dodgers pitcher Julio Urias was arrested on domestic violence felony charges on Sunday. This is the second arrest in four years for the player. He was not charged, but will serve a 20-game suspension under the MLB policy. Yes, the MLB has a domestic violence policy so that's sad in itself he is also the first to be suspended twice since the policy was instated in 2015 so not a good start there and not a good look also we do have our first two eliminated teams from the playoff picture both in the American League the Royals and the A's tiny tiny bit of basketball news as the FIBA or FIBA um basketball tournament is going on it is a global tournament so it's pretty awesome south sudan earned their first olympic berth by being the highest finishing african country in that tournament this is the same tournament that the united states lost to lithuania for the first time since 2004 we are still in the tournament though as we lost when it wasn't part of tournament play or actually like knockout play so we then went on to beat italy in the quarterfinals to advance to semis we will play the winner of Germany and Latvia on Friday in the semifinals and then of course it was week one for college football 
And there were only three losses in the top 25 this week. So not a crazy week one. But man, do we have a lot of headlines from the week. We did have, we're going to start off with the one ranked versus ranked game that we did have this week. And it certainly lived up to the hype. Number five, LSU played number eight, Florida State, in um, Camping World Stadium, which is in Orlando. So it's basically like a home game for Florida State. Trust me, I went to the Cheez-It Bowl. It is a home game for Florida State. That was Sunday night. And the Knolls won 45-24. to 24. LSU, frankly, my in my humble opinion, got pushed around after a killer first play. They went almost immediately down to the red zone. And then Florida State had a great goal line stand for six downs. If you're like, wait, that doesn't make any sense. It was because there was a penalty. So then they had to hold them for another five, like another three downs. Absolutely within the five. It was absolutely awesome. And LSU and head coach Brian Kelly made some questionable calls <laughs> not going for the field goal why I understand look you're on you're on the like three or five or whatever it was but you take the points you are playing a fellow top 10 uh, team you take the dang points and he did it twice in the first quarter or at least the first half it ended up not mattering though because LSU was although they were up by three at half the wheels came completely off in the fourth quarter when Florida State put up 21 points to win 45 to 24. Then on Monday, so last night of Labor Day weekend, number nine, Clemson went down to unranked Duke. That is the first time Duke has beaten a top 20 team, ranked team since 1989. Y'all, I wasn't even born then, so, and I am old. The final score was 28 to seven after Clemson missed two field goals and they did have four turnovers. Needless to say, Duke Blue Devils rushed the field after that win last night, and we had a lot of sleepy Blue Devils today. And then the only other loss in the Big Twelve or in the top twenty-five is actually in the Big Twelve. I kind of got ahead of myself there. Number seventeen TCU took on Coach Prime and the Colorado Buffs. It was a movement that had entire college football world talking, and Colorado and Coach Prime pulled it off they had been talking and saying we're coming we're coming and to quote coach prime or his actually his players we hear because Colorado won 45 to 42 they were underdogs by 20 and a half points this win by Colorado ties their entire season win record last year I guess at one and snaps a 27 road game losing streak versus top 20 teams now quarterback Sanders yes the same name as the head coach as it is his son had 510 yards of passing that is absolutely insane and the, there were players playing wide receiver, defense, all over the field. It was absolutely amazing. So I leave you with this thought. Do you believe, as that is what Coach Prime said in his press conference in Fort Worth, to all the haters out there. Other stories from the top 25 games this week is the Pac-12. This, this is just crazy. The Pac-12 is 13-0 and to start the season. So if you think they're a bunch of pushovers, think again. Also, do not doubt the transfer portal because both of the top two teams with the most transfers both had big upsets. Colorado was obviously one. They were underdogs by 20 and a half points to TCU and 27 point underdogs for Texas State took on and beat Baylor by over 10 points. Then South Carolina's quarterback Spencer Rattler ran his 
ass off because his complete offensive line collapsed. Mac Brown, though, the coach of UNC and former coach of the University of Texas, got his 100th win. This is his 100th win with two separate teams. Obviously, I named the other one. So, and UNC has now reached 100 wins with Mac. They also, the UNC Tar Heels had nine sacks in that game. Again, collapse of the O-line for South Carolina. They had 17 all last season. They are already more than halfway there, and we are one game into the season. So it was a pretty crazy game there as well. Also, Iowa scored their first possession for the first time since 1991. And in the battle of the stats, this was a crazy game. Wyoming was 0-11 against Big 12 teams. Texas Tech had no wins in season openers outside of Texas. So who's going to win that battle? Well, Wyoming, because they pulled it off in double overtime after Texas Tech had a 17-point lead. Also, to make this funnier, the game was initially delayed due to a dust storm, and that is called a haboob. You can't make this stuff up, people. So after the weekend, the new rankings came out today, and with just one win under the belt, Duke and Colorado both make their appearance in the poll for the first time, obviously, this season. TCU dropped from 17 out, and Clemson fell from number 9 to 24. Florida State jumped up to 4. And then in other news around the college football space is that the ACC finally had the votes. So it is official now. SMU, Cal, and Stanford will officially join the ACC for the 2024 season. This brings that conference to 17 members. Originally, Florida State, NC State, UNC, and Clemson were the no, were the no votes, but one changed, making it possible to pass this action. That notable one was NC State. SMU will have a zero Yes, 0% TV share for nine years. And Cal and Stanford will take a reduced rate, believed to be about 30%. So that is a huge, big deal as they will literally, SMU will have no TV revenue coming in. But really, they just want a chance. They literally had a pep rally to announce that they were going the ACC. This is huge for them. And my team plays them this week. So uh, better watch out, Oklahoma Sooners, because SMU is on a high. Now that just leaves Oregon State and Washington State in the Pac-12, and by that I mean the Pac-2. So TBD on what's going to happen there, potentially might get swept up by the Mountain West is kind of my inclination there. We do have a little bit of NFL news. Um, it is week one for the NFL, so that is super exciting. We'll cover that a lot in what to watch this upcoming week. But Going over what happened this week is really just news from today, and that is Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey hyperextended his knee today, so he is questionable for game one. This is a huge blow for those people who drafted him in fantasy as he is the top tight end in the league. Pretty sure he's the only reason why I won last year, but also you usually kind of reach to get him in the draft, so you might have given up a pretty solid pick to get him. We have a little bit of golf news, although we don't have golf on TV yet, as the Ryder Cup teams have been set. And the big news here is that live golfer Brooks Kepka is among the United States team captain picks by Zach Johnson. So the question you're probably asking is why he's allowed and why maybe Ian Poulter, a EU staple on the team, is not. That is because Brooks Kepka is still a member of the PGA of America through June of 2024. That was after they were given a grace period as well, thus making him eligible for the Ryder Cup. EU players like Ian Poulter, Sergio Garcia, and Lee Westwood had to forfeit their DP World Tour membership, thus making them in 
eligible for the Ryder Cup. Not my decision, just my explanation. Brooks Kepka's inclusion seems like an easy one after winning his fifth major at the PGA Championship and the month before, tying for second at the Masters this season. It actually may not be Zach Johnson's most controversial inclusion as Justin Thomas really struggled this season and he is in, but he failed to make playoffs, but was included in the captain's picks. So he finished outside. He was actually 71 to make playoffs. He needed to be 70 in the FedEx cup, but kind of questionable there on why JT was included. It's really comes down to chemistry. Jordan Spieth is going to be there. They are absolutely magnificent together. They're like besties. So it is more about team chemistry. It sounds like than your placement in the order. Other people included on Team USA, Colin Morikawa, Ricky Fowler, Jordan Spieth, and Sam Burns. That finishes out the captain's picks. Last time, Team USA won by a lot, but Team Europe tends to do well when the Ryder Cup is in Europe. And this year, it's in Rome. Moving along to a little bit of Olympic sports, Nebraska set a world record for the most people in attendance at a women's sporting event ever. It was their women's volleyball game versus Omaha, and it had 92,003 people that were in attendance. Nebraska is ranked number four, so huge volleyball school if you don't know anything about it, and they won in straight sets. That means they won the first three, and they didn't have to play to five, So, but nicely done on Nebraska kind of transforming their stadium and getting 92,000 people to attend a women's sporting event. Also, in case you missed it, Noah Lyles is stirring things up on social media, stating that that is the world champion for the 100 and the and the 200 meters. He is stating that the NBA are quote-unquote world champs, but they don't compete against any other countries, no other flags. And while I agree with his statements, that is fighting words, and it got all the NBA up in arms. So it was basically NBA versus track people. It was absolutely hilarious. That kind of dropped right as I was doing the blog last week. So I wanted to make sure I included that video for you guys in the pod, in the blog and the podcast. And then also going over, we have tennis as the U.S. Open is in full swing and we're already at quarterfinals. On the men's side, for the first time since 2005, we have three American men in the quarterfinals. We are trying to end this 20-plus year drought for this championship. Also, Serbia's Djokovic is the only man through to the semis as of this point, which is Monday night or Tuesday night. He finished off one of the Americans, Fritz. So one American is down. Then we're guaranteed to have another fall as TFO and Shelton, the two remaining Americans in the quarterfinals, play each other tonight with the winner taking on Djokovic. Number one, Spain's Alcarez takes on Germany's Zarev. And then we have a Russian matchup in Medvedev versus Rublev finishing off the quarterfinals for the men. On the women's side, Coco Goff is the only one all the way through to semifinals so far. Number one, Iga Svitek got upset, losing to Latvia's Ostapenko. Caroline Wozniak made a comeback, but that Cinderella story ended was ended by Coco Goff. Top break American, number three, Jessica Pagula, also lost to fellow American Madison Keys. Number five, Turkey's Jabauer also fell. All of this took place in the fourth round. So fourth round was really, really exciting. And then all the women left in the quarterfinals and now semis are ranked inside the top 30. So no big upsets there. Number 17, Keys and Coco Goff are the Americans still in. And number two, Belarus, 
Belarusian Sabalenka is also rolling. Sabalenka is the first woman to make every Grand Slam quarterfinal this year. That has not been done since 2016 when Serena Williams did it last. That is what you missed over the last week. Now let's go over what to watch this upcoming week in the world of sports. Tonight, starting with baseball and the MLB, Giants at the Cubs at 7 on TBS. Friday, just Apple TV games. We literally only have three games televised this week. Saturday, the Mariners at the Rays at 3.05 on Fox Sports 1. And the Rockies at the Giants at 7 on ESPN on Sunday. In college football this week, the top 25 games. I picked number 10, Notre Dame versus NC State. That will be Saturday at 11 a.m. on ABC. Notre Dame is favored. Nebraska then plays at Colorado, number 22. So like I said, they broke into the rankings for the first time, and it is their first home game. Student tickets are already sold out, so it is going to be a banger. That is at 11 a.m. on Fox. The Colorado team is favored by three and a half. Expect that to get out of control if Nebraska does not come ready to play. Number 20, Ole Miss takes on number 24, Tulane. That They will play at 2.30 p.m. on ESPN2. Ole Miss is favored by seven and a half. Number 23, Texas A&M takes on unranked Miami, but that's still a good cross power five matchup. They also play at 230. That can be seen on ABC. Texas A&M favored by four and a half. Texas A&M did win that matchup last year. And then the huge game of the night is number 11, Texas, going to Tuscaloosa, number three, Alabama, Saturday night at six on ESPN. Alabama is favored by a touchdown and game day is in Tuscaloosa. Also for football, like I said, it is the first week for NFL. So NFL kicks off on Thursday. Lions at the Chiefs at 720 on NBC. Then on Sunday, we have a full slate of games. So eight games at noon on Fox or CBS, depending on your geographical location. The Fox games are the Panthers at the Falcons, the Jags at the Colts, the 49ers at the Steelers, and the Cardinals at the Commanders, while the CBS games are the Bengals at the Browns, the Buccaneers at the Vikings, the Titans at the Saints, and the Texans at the Ravens. Then we have five games at 325 on Fox or CBS. Only one choice for Fox. You get the Packers versus the Bears. On CBS, though, you get three choices, or depending on where you're located. There are three choices. Raiders at the Broncos, the Eagles at the Patriots, or the Dolphins at the Chargers. Sunday night, America's team Cowboys at the Giants. Their big rivalry game. They hate each other. That will be at 720 on NBC. Rounding out Monday Night Football next Monday on September 11th. The Bills at the Jets at 715 on ESPN and ABC. Also on Sunday, MotoGP is back on TV, kind of unusual there, two weeks in a row with the San Marino Grand Prix. They will That will take place at noon on NBC. Two track and field events or two Olympic sports. Uh, you can obviously tell one of them is track and field. Thursday, catch NCAA Volleyball. Arizona plays Wisconsin at 7 on Fox Sports 1. And then we have Track and Field Diamond League at 11 a.m. on Sunday on ABC. The Diamond League finale will be in Eugene next week as well also this week for the world of soccer we have uefa euro qualifying that begins thursday those are all on um on the blog the girlfriend's guide to sports so please check those out and then like i said tennis u.s open quarterfinals was today at 11 a.m and 6 p.m that is on espn and we finish them out again same time tomorrow 
Then the semifinals, women's Thursday, starting at 6 p.m. on ESPN. They run back-to-back. Friday, catch the men's semifinals at 2 on ESPN, and then the second one at 6 on ESPN. Saturday, the women's championship will be at 3 on ESPN, and then the women's doubles championship will be Sunday at noon on ESPN, and the men's championship will be at 3 on ESPN. That wraps it up for me this week. Like I said, for more times, stories, games, everything, check out the blog, The Girlfriend's Guide to Sports. Don't forget, I do all the top 25 games under football and then top 25 games. Print it out. Take it to your man. Don't miss a single thing. You know I got you covered there, and I'll catch you all next week.